Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to the Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Awesome. Thanks for stopping by, Brock. I appreciate it. Uh, We've got you on the podcast here for our listeners out in the Webiverse or whatever it's called, just uh, listening in to the mastermind behind Edward Holmes and all the different LLCs we got going on with you. Appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. Would you mind just getting us starting off uh, explaining who you are, where you came from, how you got in this business? Well, I have, I'm a general contractor. I've been licensed out here since 1998. We're also licensed in Arizona, North Dakota, and Indiana. I become a general contractor family hand down. I guess you'd say my dad was a general contractor for Simon and Barlow. Okay. Um, I grew up in Ohio, just moved out here in what 1997 and started building and got licensed and uh went from building 10 homes a year to doing 100 million a year. Right. So we've just kind of expanded our business. We're kind of doing kind of doing everything. You know, we do commercial, we're kind of a hybrid commercial, residential, multifamily. We we've we've done it all. We have different people in our offices that handle certain things. And we've just grown from a mom and pa to <laughs> more of a corporate company that's doing you know, a lot of business. Awesome. That's great to hear. So you got started back in the late 90s. In doing that, what did you first get involved with? Was it more on the residential or commercial side of things? It was multifamily, believe it or not. We were building, uh, we were building fourplexes in Pahrump, Nevada. And I bought some land for cheap and built them. And we actually built them from ground up. Me and my dad had a couple laborers and we did everything. And we would have them sold before we were built. And we just started building a lot of them. I realized I had to get a GC license. <laughs> you know, after a couple of them, it's not, it's different. Back in Indiana, you get one over the counter. So when got my license and it just took off. Like I said, we were building four, then 10, then 12, and it just con- started compounding next to you know, we're doing four homes a week in the ground. So back in the 05, 06 area. Gotcha. So 04, 05, 06, kind of a good old days before the the yep. storm hit, so to speak. Yep. What were you doing during that the stormy times? Well, the stormy kind of com- converted over to commercial. We started doing Denny's restaurants. We were doing some Denny's, some Capriotti, some Burger Kings. The fast food kept going, right? It was the cheap way to go and they they grew. And we just kind of realized, you know, we got to flow with the market, learn other things, you know, because homes weren't going on for a while. And and we did them all over the state of Nevada. We were up in Elko doing them. We were in Reno doing them. We were here and and we just kind of hunkered down. And I was out running jobs at that point in time too. So that's what we did. So during the Great Recession, you kind of moved away from the residential, got more into the commercial, still here in Nevada. And since that time, have you gotten back into the residential a little bit? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're building, roughly we're building, I mean, right now we have 1,200 multifamily units to build and I think about 600 townhomes. Wow. That we're building in, in going forward over the next two, three years. And most of them are under contract with other, other buyers already. So Gotcha. Yeah. You know, in the, the markets that you talked about and, and places that you're operating, one of the big kind of new developments is build for rent. Mm -hmm. You know, these guys that go out, build communities, but instead of selling them off to individual homeowners, they hold on to them and and monetize them through almost like an apartment style program. Have you seen that explode? And and are you involved in that at all? Yes. We have a 16-unit town on project on Peaceway and Hualapai that's sold to a build for rent. Is that here in Las Vegas? Yep. We're just finishing our last two buildings now. It'll be completely turned over to them in January. They're called Haven. They're a pretty big group. We have a deal with them, two deals, one deal with them in Reno and another deal with them here in Vegas. And then we have that they're just converting them all townhomes into build for rent. They're buying the whole project as is and 
We have a couple other projects. We're partnering with a, a big institution on one in uh, Reno. It's 210 units. And then we have one in 220 units down in Phoenix. So it's all built to rent. I mean, we have an apartment project in on Jones of 215. We sold day one. They're using it as apartments. We got a number we were happy with and we sold it to get rid of the risk because we're not, we're not huge operators. Gotcha. And one of, one of the things you just said was partnering. When you say partnering, are these deals in which you are just the GC for, or are they deals that you were the borrower, the guarantor, and actually owner of? Most of them, we were the borrower. We were the whole, whole we have a developer, borrower, and guarantor and builder. They bought them a CFO. Okay. But we had upfront contracts, uh, pre-sold contracts. Some we are partnering with just some institutional guys, you know, because they're bigger deals that are, you're talking are 80, $90 million deals. And then they want to just they're, they want to retail them off and, and sell them. We have an apartment project. We are actually going to hire a management company and build and hold. So most of them were, we were the guarantor. We were the borrower. We were the developer. You were the owner all the, the way GC, through. GC. You weren't just yep. GC. In it. Yep. Yep. And on, on the ones that we partner with them, we're still the developer. We sold them the land. We're still the developer. They're putting up the finance, they're doing the financials, and but we're the developer and general contractor all the way through. Okay. Perfect. What markets are you currently in and which ones are you do you foresee yourself getting involved with in the next couple of years? We're we're big into the Vegas market, of course. Pretty big into the Reno market. And in the Reno market, I think we've got roughly about 150 million on the books. And in Phoenix, we've got a lot going on in Phoenix. We've got a school we're doing down in Phoenix right now. We've got a hospital that will be coming up in Gilbert. And then we've got a 33 acre piece in Avondale and Avondale and Broad Avondale and Broadway. And then we've got a 56 unit in, in Goodyear townhome built for rent project. Okay. So pretty big in Arizona. Yep. What's with the Arizona market that you like? Job base, big job base in Phoenix market. They're, they're, I mean, there's just so much growth going on with the semiconductor plants and stuff like that that's going on. Gotcha. You know, and you and I have known each other for, I don't know, 10 years or so. We've been doing business for close to that amount of time. Why didn't you originally take out a loan from Ignite Funding? Why didn't you go to a bank or, or a different lending institution? I would say less brain damage, right? <laughs> I mean, you deal with the banks and they want you to sign your kid's life away. I mean, it's and it's relationship. It's not always about um, the, the ease of things. I mean, you could go to a bank and pay 8%. You can go to a lend, you know, hard money lender, pay 11%. And it's, it's all about what your preference is, how, what you want to do, what you want to sign, what you want to guarantee. But uh, I'd say dealing with you guys has been, like I said, a lot less brain damage and in a relationship between you and I. So do you foresee yourself doing more of these type of loans with us in the you know, near future? Absolutely. Perfect. How about uh, those medical care facilities? You said you're doing two a year. Do you foresee throwing some of those our way? All of them. All of them. Awesome. Yep. Well, that seems like a great product, great spot to be. You know, we love it for the exact same reasons you do, right? The dementia, the elderly care, it's not going away with recession. It doesn't change. The need for that type of facility is only to get stronger as our aging demographic will yeah. would imply. And so there's definitely a, a demand for it. So we appreciate you for fulfilling that and utilizing us to uh, take care of some of those financing needs. In doing so, in in utilizing us, uh, do you usually, once you have the project built, how do you usually get us paid off? Is it typically through a sale or refinance? What what type of structure to get our investors paid off? Well, we did the Phoenix one with you. We refied you guys out. We did the Bullhead one with you and we refied you out there. And then the Yuma one we sold. The second Yuma one will be sold. Great to Yuma. The the future ones, if we can market and sell them for the numbers we're selling them at, we'll sell them. Right? Why take you know take the chips off the table? But we're managing two right now, and I mean on one, it, the debt structure is about ten million bucks, and it's positive one hundred eighty thousand dollars a month. The other one, the debt structure is fifteen, and it's running about three hundred fifty thousand positive a month. Wow. So 
I mean, it's there. It's there to maintain your debt service coverage ratios are through the roof. You know, it's not hard to our financials to get the refis and stuff. It was just about understanding Medicaid, Medicare, and we have the right people in the right place now. You know, um, you can't just go build these without having, we have an operator that works with us the whole way through. Tells us, make sure we're following the codes, the, the joint commission stuff, you know, because they're just a whole different animal. They're hard to build. It's not, not like building a townhome or apartment project. Everything's anti-ligature. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with people that are, you know, having behavioral issues, right? They got to make sure they can't fall and get hurt. And you get, everything's like uh, drywalls, different, different rated drywall, different rated electrical, different, all kinds of different stuff. They're probably the hardest thing we have that we can build is, is these. Gotcha. And, and because of that, it probably takes a special developer, a special operator to uh, to be able to get it all the way through fruition, dealing with the city, the county, and ultimately the state health department to ensure that what is being built meets code. Because that code is much, much different, right, than your typical building code. Oh, yeah. And then you need to the federal government on top of it, right? Because that, that's, right. that's the joint commission. You're dealing with them and, and, you know, the FGI rules are just a whole different animal. How many different builders out there are there that are building these type of facilities? Well, um, we went to a big meeting last week in Scottsdale and there's not a lot of them out there. You know, that's why a lot of people are saying, we'll, we'll give you these numbers. We don't want to take the, the risk. We want to just have a CFO building and we go operate it. And then same time, we don't want to operate it as much, right? Well, one of the things you just said was risk. And the risk associated with these is much higher in, in the aspect of dealing with all these different governmental agencies. So it definitely takes somebody who's been through it, knows exactly what they're going to ask for to mitigate that risk. When you did your first one, I'm sure that risk level was not necessarily through the roof, but a bunch of uh, unintended issues probably popped up. What were some of those unintended issues that came up that you never would have guessed would become a de- an issue, but with these behavioral health centers did? I would say the biggest issues is, you know, having your management staff in sync with the billing and the doctors, making sure they're turning their bills in on time because you get paid as you're actually paid when people get discharged, not why they're there. So you can't even bill till that point. So I've got 30 charts before you can even start billing. Wow. You know, so you treat 30 patients basically for free. So the, a, a lot of things like that. I mean, it's uh, the state of Arizona has actually eased the restrictions. It's it's gotten less than it was when we started. Nevada is very hard. I, I would say it's just, you know, you go from a developer building apartment bills and stuff. Now you're sliding into medical and it's a whole different billing structure compared to just getting checks from tenants or this and that. You're dealing with the federal government and they want to make sure every T is crossed. It's, it's how it works. And but the pay is you're getting a check from a large payer every month. That's pretty positive. Absolutely. Well, so the, the risks do you know meet the rewards associated with yeah. it. If we've got some listeners out there on the, the younger side of things, listening to what you're saying, you make it sound extremely easy to get involved with. What would what advice would you give them on somebody that's entering the business, not necessarily behavioral health GC, but just real estate in general? Well, I mean, it's not as easy as everyone thinks, right? Yeah, we reap the rewards, but we we also pay the price. We're working 10, 11 hour days, sometimes Saturdays, sometimes Sundays. We're getting the calls at 10 o'clock at night. And then the stress, it's an up and down market and trying to flow with the markets. You know, it's not easy when times are down. That's that's when you that's when you learn to succeed. Right? When times are good, everyone's making money in those times, right? But I think a lot of people slide into real estate thinking it's easy and it's not. Sure. You know, not by any means. It's all relationship based. You got to maintain those relationships. Your word is your bond. You, know, you cross that up and it's a biggest small town. You know, you could lose that quick, fast and hurry. Absolutely. So if you hadn't gone into real estate, what do you think you would have been doing right now? I was actually going to college for nursing. Really? Yeah. So you would have been in this type of field regardless? Probably. Yeah. I just love building. I mean, it's not all about money and stuff like that. It's about saying, hey, I built that. I succeeded at that, you know, and I solved those problems. Perfect. Well, we appreciate you as a borrower. We appreciate you coming in today and uh, dropping a little knowledge on all of our listeners out there. So I appreciate it, man. Sounds good. Thank you. 
Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert, where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 